is because the more I researched about that postpartum experience, the more I felt like mothers really need to know that everything they're experiencing is completely normal. And it's okay to talk about these things too. Hey everyone, and welcome to yet another episode of Entering Motherhood, a podcast dedicated specifically to new moms going through this amazing journey in life. I'm your host, Sarah Bilger, a postpartum nutritional coach slash mechanical engineer. And as always, I'm so excited to be here with you and share all the information I've been lucky enough to obtain since becoming a mom. In this episode, we talk with Amanda Tice about everything from matrescence and breastfeeding to honoring our imperfections, or as she calls them, mom gems. Before this episode begins, I just want to say thank you so much for listening and supporting the podcast. I also want to let you know about one of our official affiliates of the podcast, which is the Made for Mama shop. This shop was started by a mom named Mindy, who is just absolutely amazing. She'll be coming on the podcast in a few weeks to share a story and everything, but this shop has adorable mugs with uplifting quotes specifically for mamas and what I love the most about these mugs is they have the quotes written on both sides they also have this cute speckled pattern on some of them which I just absolutely love the shop just has so many more items for you to check out follow the link in the show notes and use the code motherhood 10 to save 10% off today and with that let's get this episode started Hello, and welcome to Entering Motherhood. I am so happy to have you here today and get this conversation started. So how about you go ahead and introduce yourself for our listeners? Hi, I thank you so much for having me, first of all. I am Amanda Tice, and I am a curve model, and I've been a curve model for the last 13 years, but I am also the author of The New Mom Code, Shatter Expectations and Crush It at Motherhood. I'm really excited about this book because it's all about talking about those taboo topics that moms are afraid to discuss. So that's me. I love it. Yes. And, you know, I have been reading your book and very much enjoying it. And I think, you know, us busy moms and like not having a lot of time, it has been so easy to just cruise through because I'm like, yes, yes, okay. And all the little um, prompts at the end and the things like to do and all your advice, I think like that's so helpful because I think a lot of the times we hear kind of, oh, like I'm having this problem, I'm having that problem, but we don't kind of get things to implement how to help. You know, like it's not like that next step, like, okay, yeah, I feel that way too, but now what? Like, what do I do? So I think like that has been super helpful to kind of have like, hey, here's my story. Here's what was going on. And then like, this was an activity that I did or something that, you know, I wrote about, like journaled about to really help through that stage. So, you know, what was that process like? Like, what was, you know, first off, what was your journey like entering motherhood? And then we'll dive into the book and like how that all came about. Yeah, for sure. Uh, So 
I felt like when I got pregnant, I had a pretty easy pregnancy for the most part. I was very excited. I was using all the apps. I was reading all the books. I was talking to all my friends. And then the baby came. And that was earth-shatteringly overwhelming is probably the best way to put it. I felt like no one had really prepared me or been transparent with me about what the motherhood experience was really going to be like. And so I had a lot of postpartum anxiety. I was very overwhelmed. I was frantic. I felt like for sure the first couple months and it was it was a very difficult time in my life and i was lucky enough that i wouldn't say i had postpartum depression because i wasn't in a stage where i was extremely detached from my child but i was in a state of constant worry and constantly feeling like am i doing this right what are other people's children or babies doing Am I supposed to be doing it this way or that way? And I felt this real sense of loss. And I think the other thing that a lot of women don't talk about is this sense of identity loss that you have when you have a new child. Because your whole personality and the person you are changes from the core as soon as that baby is born. A lot of people don't know about matrescence. Have you heard of matrescence? A little bit. Yeah, I think I've watched like a video on it before and kind of like heard about it in that sense, but haven't really dove into it. So what do you know about it? I mean, the, the thing about matrescence that people don't talk about or acknowledge is that what it is, is, is a complete biological emotional, spiritual transformation that you go through that is equivalent to the developmental push of adolescence. And in 1973, Dana Raphael was the anthropologist who studied this. And she found that all these fundamental changes were happening to women. And I think people don't realize that they, or women don't realize that they are going through this process and they seem to think that they are alone in how they're feeling, and they're not really sure why they're feeling the way that they are. And the reality is, is that there is a lot of research to back up why you're feeling the way you are. It's just that it's not widely disseminated. So mom brain is a real thing. You know, the fact that you, your libido is suppressed postpartum is a real thing. A lot of women don't understand wait, why am I not interested in sex anymore? What happened? And that's because you've got your oxytocin levels are going up and it's suppressing your libido. So there are all these biological things that are going on and your hormones are off the charts that, that women don't realize are affecting them at a very core level. And nobody's talking about those things. When you're going to your six-week visit, you know, or even like right after you had the baby, that's not the material that they're giving you. That's not what you're taught, you know, like that's not what they're discussing with you. It's just kind that's of That's 100% like, true. And I find it your so <laughs> upsetting that yeah. more women aren't talking about it and it's not 
more widely discussed. Right. I mean, first of all, I can tell you this. I was mispronouncing the word multiple times before this interview because it's not in the Webster's Dictionary. And I had to go looking <laughs> for the correct pronunciation of this word because it's just not used. And I, I, you know, it, I find it very upsetting that there are so many women who feel so alone, especially in that first year postpartum, because women are afraid to talk about all the things that they're going through because they think that they're abnormal, when in fact, they're all perfectly normal. I mean, it, it's a transition. People don't want to think it's a transition in some ways. They think, oh, I'm going to have this baby and all these wonderful things are going to happen but they don't realize that they unknowingly just took on hundreds of new responsibilities and the person who they were before no longer exists. And now they have to adapt to becoming a completely new person. Right. And like you said, it's normal. Like it's, it's supposed to happen, you know, like that is the transition that we are flowing into. And I think like that was what kind of shocked me when I first entered motherhood. And, you know, I was about six months postpartum and I was really just kind of like, what in the world? Like I finally caught up with everything that was going on because I jumped back into work at nine weeks and like just chugging along, like doing my thing. And I was just like, wait. Like, why do I feel this way? Like, what have I been doing? Like, your mind just goes blank. And now again, like, you know, even after everything that I've learned and everything that I've been like going through, I'm in it again. And you think like, oh, I've done this before. Like, I got this. It's like, no, like you're going through it again. Like you're going through that whole transition again. And so like, yes, I'm educated on certain things, but I'm still like, now navigating like life of family of four and everything that's coming with this. And like you said, mom brain, like I have done so many things that I would normally not do because I am so hyper-focused on taking care of my baby and doing the things that I'm biologically supposed to be doing while also simultaneously doing everything else that I was doing before. So it's just, it, it's, it's crazy. Well, and the thing is, too, people don't realize that matrescence, you go through matrescence every time you have another child. So it's not just that you go through this transition the first time, you go through it every single time you have a child. So it makes perfect sense that you're feeling the way that you're feeling because you're adapting to a completely new lifestyle again. Again. Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. So I guess, like, what was the most shocking thing for you? that you were just kind of like, like you can vividly remember, like, why did nobody tell me about this? The number one most shocking thing was how hard breastfeeding was. I think a lot of, you know, you see in movies and, you know, online, all these magical, beautiful breastfeeding experiences, but no one talks about just how difficult it is. It's not like the baby comes out and perfectly latches and then you have, I mean, some people are very lucky and they do have that experience, but it, it hurts. It's awkward. You have to figure out, you know, how your baby latches in the correct way for you. I had problems being engorged. I didn't know that I was engorged, but I was. And so he stopped latching. And so then I started exclusively pumping. 
And I did that for two months, which is, you know, quite a long time to exclusively pump. I was up every two hours pumping. And then my son decided that he wanted to latch again and then he wouldn't take a bottle. So I, and then I breastfed until he was 18 months old. So I had a very tumultuous breastfeeding journey. So, you know, I think, I think that's the one thing that people really don't talk about with breastfeeding. You know, there, you, a lot of times you need a lactation consultant. If that's something that you are really determined to do, you may need nipple shields. You may need to try a bunch of different strategies to make it work. And I've also, you know, heard from friends, maybe their first baby latched perfectly. They had this magical experience. But then the second baby did not. And then they're just as shocked because they're like, what am I doing wrong? Why isn't this going the way it did the first time around? Every baby is so different. And that experience, it feels like a failure as a mother because society tells us it should be easy when in fact it's not. And so there are so, there's so much pressure put on us to breastfeed and to continue that journey and that it should be this easy thing when in fact it's very difficult. So I am always, I always come from the place of fed is best, right? If, if the mom is so overwhelmed with the breastfeeding experience and they need to use formula or they want to use formula, that is a totally acceptable choice to make. And they should feel confident in that choice because a stressed out mom equals a stressed out baby. So that, that for sure was the number, number one most shocking thing. And then I think the second thing that everyone does tell you about is the sleep. You are just strung out. At least I was strung out because my son at the beginning was underweight too. So I was up every two hours around the clock feeding him. And I just felt like I didn't know what time of day it was. I didn't know who I was. I didn't know what was going on. I just felt completely lost in that way. And you, you also feel kind of like a, like a milking machine. Like your, your sole purpose is just to feed and bathe and take care of that baby. And that, that feels very strange at the beginning of the motherhood experience. Because you go from having your own routine and rhythm to the things that you do as a mom, as a woman to then becoming a mom where nothing is about you, especially in those first three months. Yeah, I remember thinking how weird it was going to be to breastfeed before I had my first and like trying to comprehend what is this going to be like? Like, I'm going to have a baby attached to my nipple. Like, that's weird. And as soon as she came, a whole switch flipped. And it was just literally like, okay, yeah, like, I'm going to have her (laughs) do this. This is okay. Like, like, I just felt totally like, okay with it. And now it's just like, though, my boobs are like solely just to feed my baby. And like, they're not, they're not fun right now. Other than I think that they, they look better because like, I'm usually so flat chested that I'm like, (laughs) oh my gosh, I have boobs. So like, that's like exciting, but it's also just kind of like, they're like that because they're engorged and they're, you know, all the blood and and, and everything that's going on. But, you know, it's just like such a weird flip of how you go from 
being and even you know changing diapers or like the the level of okayness with poop now (laughs) 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 like I would never have imagined that I would be you know wiping butts not even caring yeah no it is it is a strange (laughs) transition that you go through as a mother where it's just like, okay, well, this is just part of the process. All of a sudden it becomes so normal to do all these things. But let's be real though. The first like week or so you're just like, what, how is this? This is weird. This is so strange. And this is so hard and it's happening all day, every day. Right. So I, 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 I do think it's funny how we just immediately adapt as women and mothers to knowing what we need to do in some ways. Yeah. So, and, you know, and also like sometimes it is hard, like you were saying, like with breastfeeding, you know, not everybody like latches perfectly. There's going to be like those difficulties and we're not having things come easy for us. And so I think just like learning your own way and learning kind of like how to navigate through these things and understanding like we're not alone. I think that's really the important cornerstone of why I wrote this book is because the more I researched about that postpartum experience, the more I felt like mothers really need to know that everything they're experiencing is completely normal. And it's okay to talk about these things too. You know, there was a study done, I think it was in the UK of 2000 new moms and something like 72% said they felt alone in the first year postpartum. And 50% said they felt friendless. And I just felt this overwhelming sense of we need to get to a place socially and culturally to where that's not happening. Because back in the day, they always say it takes a village. And it does take a village to raise a child. You need that support as a mom to get through certain humps of motherhood. And it's okay to ask for help. And it's okay to, you know, feel uncomfortable with yourself when you become a new mom and talk about all those things. I think talking about it also just helps to make you feel so much less alone in the experience. And it's been interesting too, I will say that, you know, social media is now becoming a better platform for reality because there are a lot more mom bloggers out there who are showing, I would say, mom truths. And I think that's so important. But five years ago, when I had my son, that was not the case. Everything was glossy images and, uh, you know, these whole picture-perfect motherhood experiences, which led to me feeling very alone during that those first few months postpartum and first few years really yeah and how about your experience as a curve model and what was that like you know before baby and now after and what has that journey all been like so i would say when i got pregnant i got very concerned that i might not have a job after baby because i was already on the older side i was 33 when i had my son And when you get pregnant, you have no idea what your body is going to look like postpartum. And I gained 50 pounds when I had George. So I was putting all this 
pressure on myself to say, okay, after I have George, I'm going to try to get back down to the weight I was before. And I'm going to try to get back the clients that I had. And that was just a totally unrealistic perspective to have because you're already so stressed out as a new mom, having to also worry about what your body might look like was just so much extra stress and pressure that I didn't need to be putting on myself. I was pretty lucky that postpartum, I was able to work, but I wouldn't, I wasn't ready to work. That was the reality. I did have to have one of those moments where I said, sure, there are clients asking for me to work, but I'm just not ready. My body did not bounce back. After I had George, I was closer to a size 14, whereas I had always hovered at more of like a 10, 12. So my body looked and felt a lot different. And the clients that had been using me for all those years before I had George only wanted a size 10, 12. So I had to go through a complete transition and kind of rebranding of my career in order to compensate for having a different body. And, you know, it's been an interesting transition because now George is five. So I've seen my career fluctuate over the past five years postpartum. And I would say that I'm so much happier and more comfortable in my body now than I was before I had George, because I can look at my body and say, wow, my body performed a miracle, the miracle of life, right? And I can look at my body and say, you know what, those stretch marks I have, they're actually, I call them my mom gems or my mom jewelry, because they're physical representations of strength and resilience. And I think it's so important to look at all of these quote unquote imperfections that you have postpartum and see them as signs of what you've done as a mother to give birth to a child. I think I, I think that women need to be so much more gentle with themselves when they realize what their body has gone through in order to give birth, right? I, I just think it's so important. So yeah, my my career has been totally different postpartum. I, it's been interesting now because I feel like the clients I have are really pushing towards either body positivity and not being so focused on my age, which I think is great too, because I'm 38. I am definitely on the older side for a model. And I think the clients who choose to use me realize that women want to see themselves represented. And if they're looking at a brand, they want to see diversity. They want to see not only size diversity, but racial diversity. And they want to know that that's them. Like they can look and say, oh, that's another mom. Like that's someone that looks like me. And I want to buy that product because it feels like it's mine, right? Like it feels like it's an extension of me. So I, I, I definitely have gone through an interesting journey from pre-baby to postpartum, but I'm so glad that I've landed where I have, that I can still be modeling at 38 and that in a lot of ways I can be that mom that is out there and showing diversity and it, and it needs to be shown. At the end of the day, it just needs to be shown. And I think mothers want to see that.
Yeah. Yeah. I couldn't agree more. I love that. And I love that, you know, like we're seeing more of it and it's not always the same consistent look that's occurring. And the people that we're seeing in so like social media or just like in general and things like that, it's like there's that range and you're able to, like you said, like see yourself in those people, which is super helpful. But I'm sure, you know, going back to body positivity and, and everything with that, you know, what was that journey like? And how did you kind of come to that place to really, you know, point out those mom gems and, and really, you know, find that confidence to, to embrace them rather than let it kind of get you down? You know, I think that it was me having to become way more aware of the messages that we are constantly absorbing in our everyday lives. And what I came to really understand is that we are told all day long, every day that we are not good enough. And we are told that because marketers would not have anything to sell if we believed we were, right? So I just, I, I came to the realization that the only person who gets to affect the way I feel about myself is me. I was tired of this whole, I have to form or mold myself to be what society tells me I should be. Because at the end of the day, the only person's opinion who should really matter is my own. And when it came to me modeling and doing jobs, I started taking on this mentality of, this is who I am, take it or leave it. If this is not the right fit for your brand, then it's not the right fit for me either. And so I really just had that moment or that epiphany where I said, I need to be gentle and kind with myself. You know, I'm going to go through phases where I'm stressed out and I stress eat. I'm going to go through phases where, you know, I feel really great and I exercise like crazy and maybe I lose weight and eat healthier. But these are all natural transitions that we go through as women and mothers every day. And I decided in my head, I'm not going to let anyone tell me what I should look like, how much I should weigh, what I should look like. I was going to make that choice. And I, I feel like I just made this conscious choice to say, I'm going to stand in my power. I'm going to look in the mirror and I'm going to be kind to myself. Because at the end of the day, that's really all that matters is that you're kind to yourself. If you can look in the mirror and say, look, I, I have today, my hair looks amazing. You can compliment yourself, right? Or like, hey, I love the way, like how big my eyes are, right? If you can actually step back and focus on the things that you love about yourself, it's so much easier to accept yourself because society tells us that we should be picking ourselves apart. We need a bra that makes our boobs perkier. We need, you know, makeup to cover up that, you know, the skin tags that I have from George, right? We don't need all of these things. What we really need is to have a positive inner dialogue with ourselves. And for me, that was a big transitional point in my thoughts once I became a mother. Like, no, no one can take this away from me. Like, I'm the one who gets to choose how I feel about my body. 
Yeah. And that reminds me of the part in the book where you were saying, ask your kid like what they think of you and like listen to what they're saying. And they're not seeing all these imperfections and, and things like that. Like they're loving you for you and the interactions that you have and the way that they're like, you're making them feel. And, you know, my daughter's not quite three. So I was like reading through that exercise. It was like, you know, like zero to three and then three and up, but like both my kids are little, but like, I think that's like so important to kind of put that into perspective and say, you know, it doesn't matter what all these people think. Like I'm focusing on my family unit and, you know, how am I loving them? How am I treating them? And, you know, they don't, they don't see those imperfections. They don't. And the thing is, the thing that, the things that you often think of as quote unquote imperfections are actually sometimes the things they love most. Like my son loves to grab my rolls. He will literally tell me, mommy, I love your fat. Like he will literally say this to me. And I have to, in those moments, instead of being like, Ugh, you know, I have to say, you know what, for him, my fat is actually very comforting to him. It's a, it feels like home to him, right? And that's beautiful because just by having those roles or having those curves, it provides him with some sense of safety and comfort, right? So yes, your children for sure can be wonderful reflectors to change that inner narrative you have about yourself and your body. Because they will tell you how it is. (laughs) Let me tell you, there's no filter on a child. They will tell you exactly how it is. What has been one of your favorite things about being a mom? That is actually a really hard question. The best thing about being a mom is just the overwhelming love that you feel for that child. You have this ability to see the world from a completely new perspective and things that you may have loved as a child, you get to relive again through your children. And I think that's such a gift because it reignites the fire or passion, I feel like, within yourself. You get to go back to feeling those childlike feelings that maybe you hadn't felt in a really long time. So I, th- I think that's one of the greatest things about being a mom. And then you also, the other thing I really enjoy about being a mom is you get this ability to shape another human life. You know, you, you get to see, the, see someone that you created grow and have their own little personalities and their own things that make them unique. And it's fascinating to watch, but also you just feel so proud that you that that you made this person who is really their own you know yeah do you have any like specific thing that you did as a child that now you do with George I honestly so I hadn't ridden a bike in a very long time and honestly I don't love riding bikes however since he's really into it I've gotten back into riding my bike with him and I just love how much it lights him up. And now I've gotten into this routine of going for bikes, bike rides with him almost at least once a week. And I also bought myself an adult scooter 
So <laughs> I I look ridiculous because I'm like flying down the hill on my scooter laughing like I'm five years old. But I loved that getting outside and really doing those activities I did as a kid that a lot of times you just stop doing when you get to be, you know, in your 30s. You're not like, oh, hey, I'm going to go for a scooter ride, honey. I'll be back. Like when you don't have a kid, it feels very odd. Yeah. But now it's just such a normal part of life that I I really enjoy. Yeah. Like they're giving you that excuse to go out and do those things that you wish you could do if it was acceptable. But <laughs> Yeah. No, for sure. The other thing that my husband always makes fun of me about is Every time there's a petting zoo, I'm like, sign me up. I want to go in and I want to go. And I think half the time I may be more excited than my son. But, you know, I'm like always waiting through all the kids being like, I want to pet the bunny or (laughs) I want to pick up the chick or whatever it is that now. I mean, as an adult, you'd be like, oh, yeah, can we go to uh, go on a date to a petting zoo? I'm sure they would look at you like, what's wrong with this person? Right. I love that. <laughs> so you do get permission. Yeah. You get permission to do a lot of things as a parent that you don't necessarily, it isn't as acceptable as an adult. Yeah. We recently went to a fair and they had one of those spinning wheels that you could turn and then you get a prize. And so I like had my daughter go up and I was like, okay, like let's play. Cause it was just fun to kind of like spin the wheel, but she didn't care. But I was like, I want to spin the wheel. <laughs> Yeah, you know, but if like as an adult, like going up and doing that, they'd be like, okay, fine. Here's your like Frisbee or whatever they were giving out. (laughs) Yeah, no, but it is, it's fun. And I, I think it's also interesting when it comes to like, my son's really into Paw Patrol and I sit down and I love watching Paw Patrol with him. I think it's actually very entertaining. But again, that's not something that like, if I was to talk to my girlfriends, like, oh, I like really like to watch Paw Patrol, they would be like, what, what's wrong with you? Why are you watching this? Yeah. So kids do give you this fun permission to reignite that childhood self of yours that's still hidden deep down. Yeah, yeah I love that. And then what would be something that you kind of wish you would have known when you were first entering motherhood that now you know and something that maybe you kind of like tell new moms to prepare them for, you know, their journey that you didn't get? So I actually think the number one thing that is important is to make mom friends while you're pregnant. And if that means going to a breastfeeding class or going to a prenatal yoga class, it's less about the class itself. And it's more about meeting mothers who are at the same place in their journey so that when your child does come, you have a built-in support system and someone who you can bounce ideas off of and someone who can help you feel less alone in that process. Because for me, I honestly met my best friend in a prenatal yoga class when we were, I think, 32 weeks pregnant about. She was two weeks ahead of me. And having her as a sounding board those first, you know, six months, even that first year was invaluable. So it's actually important to make the time to try to meet other pregnant moms who are similarly along in their journey 
before you have the baby. I think that's like the best advice I can give to someone who hasn't had the baby yet is go make those friends now. You know, don't wait until after the baby comes and then try to make them in mommy and me classes, which is something you can obviously do as well. But if you can make them before, that bond that you have is so fundamentally strong because of what you've gone through together. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's so important too. Like you said, like do it while you're pregnant because those first few weeks, you're not getting out of the house and going to that mommy and me class. Like you're not going to start to do those things until your baby's older. But if you've done it while you were pregnant, then you get to share those moments and those early, early weeks with somebody by your side. Like even if it's just a text or a call or anything like that, they're, they're there going through it too. Yeah, which is so important. And you've got to think that they're also on your same schedule, which is also something people forget. You know, so if you need to text them at three o'clock in the morning, they totally get it. And half the time they're awake and happy to answer because they're they're going through the exact same thing. And look, I know we're also still coming out of the COVID haze. So if you can't make those friends in person, I would say while you're pregnant, Go on Facebook and join all of those pregnancy groups and even make, you know, virtual friends because those support systems are so important, especially in those first few months postpartum. Yeah. So where can we find you? Where can we get the book? Where are you at on social media? Give us all the details. Sure. So my book, The New Mom Code, Shatter Expectations and Crush It at Motherhood is available on Amazon and Barnes and Noble and pretty much anywhere where books are sold. You can find me on Instagram at Amanda Tice, or you can connect with me directly on my website, which is amandatice.com. Cool. Awesome. Well, this was so much fun and really just like a true conversation of motherhood and and some of the highlights of the things that we don't talk about that need to be talked about more. So thank you so much for, you know, being here and telling your story for the listeners. Thank you so much for having me. I had a I had a lovely time chatting with you. Well, this wraps up yet another episode of Entering Motherhood. I hope that you have found this episode helpful. And if you liked it, please share it with others who might also benefit from this information. If there's anything that you'd like to know more about, or maybe you know someone who'd like to be on the show, please visit my website, enteringmotherhood.com. I'm so thrilled to be going on this journey with you and getting the amazing opportunity to help moms during this postpartum experience. You can also now find us on Instagram and Facebook at Entering Motherhood.